Welcome to Healthcare Upside Down, a podcast by Becker's Healthcare and ECG Management Consultants, in which we'll explore the upsides and downsides of healthcare and the industry's most current trends. I'm Molly Gamble, and today I'm joined by two guests, Kathy Jacobson, President and CEO of Freighter Health, a regional healthcare system based in Milwaukee, and Dr. Tim Babineau, Principal at ECG Management Consultants and former President and CEO of Lifespan, Rhode Island's largest health system. Kathy, Tim, welcome. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I shared just now a bit of background on each of you at a very, very high level. Can we kick it off today by hearing from each of you with a bit more about your background and the perspective that you bring to our conversation today? Kathy, if you don't mind, I'll turn to you first. Sure. So um, I've been the CEO at Freighter for uh, a little over 12 years right now. And prior to that, spent 20 years in Chicago um, at Rush University Medical Center, um, leaving as chief financial and chief strategy officer there. So bring a background in academic medical centers and the integrated delivery network that we formed up here in Milwaukee. And I think as we go through our questions today, um, definitely in the heat of finishing up the final legal agreements on a combination. So can talk about mergers and combinations as well. Well, Kathy, thanks especially for taking some time to be our guest, given your circumstances. Um, Tim, let's turn to you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, Tim Babineau spent the first 20-plus years of my career as a busy general surgeon and surgical oncologist in Boston academic uh, teaching hospitals uh, the last 17 years in hospital administration Jermaine, to this conversation, the last 10 as President and Chief Executive Officer for Lifespan, which is a five-hospital system in Rhode Island affiliated with Brown Medical School, and the last two years of my tenure um, worked very hard to try to get a merger done with the other healthcare system in the state called Care New England, which regrettably did not go forward. Happy to talk more about that. Uh, stepped away from my position as president about a year ago and just recently joined uh, ECG Consulting as a principal in their academic healthcare practice. Great. Well, welcome, Tim. You, you both bring really rich perspectives on this topic of mergers and acquisitions, uh, and we're going to dig our heels in there. Kathy, can you share and get us up to speed on where <coughs> you are with this merger with ThetaCare? You'd mentioned the next couple of weeks are going to be really demanding and pressing. Um, can you help us understand where the process lies right now? Yeah, sure. We're in the final stretches of getting our agreements done and through our boards. Um, so we're on time. You know, that's what we said we would do is we would have our definitive agreement signed at the end of the summer. Um, so we're on track with that. Um, but uh, those are always the crunch time, you know, when you're trying to finish a transaction. So um, getting that done, we are in a pretty decent place as regulators right now. Um, we have a couple follow-up um, questions, but we feel good about um, where we are. So we're really on track. And uh, if everything goes um, through the end of the summer, then we move into integration and then we go live with the new company on January 1, close by the end of the year, new company January 1. Well, to zoom out just a little bit too, and Tim, you had mentioned some of the challenges you faced at Lifespan in, in coming together and merging with other systems. It's been really interesting via the media and Beckers through that lens to see how health systems and hospitals have come together, how the healthcare landscape has evolved over the years, both via M&A, also just newer entrants into this space, CVS, Optum, Amazon, many of those other employer and retail clinics. I'm curious if I had to ask you to name one specific trend 
that has struck each of you as the most interesting or surprising, what would that be? Tim, can I hear from you first? Sure. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. It's it's the uh, entrance into the landscape of the likes of uh, Amazon and Optum and and CVS, and and that you know has the potential to be pretty disruptive. Remember, at the end of the day, those organizations, as fine as they are, uh, their main goal is to drive a profit and serve their shareholders. It's not always necessarily to improve patient care. Uh, health systems, that is the mission. So I do worry a bit about those entrants into the landscape and what it may ultimately uh, mean for patient care. And again, it's one of the reasons why um, I think uh, merger and acquisition activity among health systems and among hospitals um, is in general a good thing. We're in a pretty anti-merger political environment in the country right now. And as I experience, unfortunately, that environment um, uh, sometimes causes mergers that that make a lot of sense for better patient care not to happen. Kathy, do you agree with that trend, or is there another that you would name as is the most interesting or surprising? No, I agree with it a hundred percent. I don't think it. You know, when you step back from a minute, you know, healthcare is such a big piece of our economy. You know, twenty-ish percent of the economy, three trillion dollars, and we don't quite frankly, do it very well at all. And I mean, all components of it, you know, from serving consumers, we cost too much money, you know, access, all these different kinds of things. So there's a lot of people who want to get in there, you know, and as Tim said, extract profit um, in some ways, but also try and make an impact and make a change. And I think probably not surprising to Tim and I, because we've done this for so long, I think maybe a little surprising to them as they're finding out it's maybe not so easy to do that, you know, to get into healthcare and make a change and make an impact. And, and you've seen that from some of the big folks who have made repeated attempts to do something in healthcare and have had to pull back and, and re readjust, you know, as they go forward and whether the same thing with investments from private equity um, and the startups, you know, which is kind of coming up from the bottom from the other end, it's maybe not so simple, you know, as somebody's, you know, strategic thesis might have been. So I think the surprising thing more to them is the adjusting that has to constantly go on to be able to make an impact. I think for us who are in it, as Tim said, for a mission point of view, they can teach us some things and we can learn some things about how we can be better and we can apply that better. And quite frankly, I'm with Tim too, 100%, we can do that better at scale. Um, and so building up, you know, into a health system helps us be able to do that. But the, I think it's been surprising to the entrance that this isn't easy. Who knew it would be so hard? Right. And to that point, Kathy, it's almost as though whatever might seem easy in healthcare as it relates to the business side and financing and organizations um, usually is the most complicated because if it were that easy, it would be, it would be completed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So on that note, one of those things is mergers. Um, as I mentioned, and, and as you should shared, you both bring different experiences to this. When mergers are announced, it's interesting from the press, you see the announcement, you see some updates on where the process might be coming along. And then you ultimately see when the finalization is completed. But this is a lot of work. This is this is demanding work. And I'm curious, what are some of the components of MA among hospitals that tend to go underrecognized, either by 
you know, the general public or media, that's one thing. I'm more interested about your peers. Um, what might other executives underestimate? What can be some of the most taxing parts of seeing a, me- a merger through? Tim, can I turn to you here? Sure. Yeah. You know, the obvious one is the regulatory environment, and and we could spend hours on that. Um, Kathy's living through it right now. I lived through it a couple of years ago. I'm delighted that she will have a more successful outcome uh, than we did. Um, I think one of the things that, that folks sometimes don't pay enough attention to, obviously, is the culture of the two organizations and the governing boards of the two organizations. If you can't get the two governing boards to get on the same page and you don't have a plan to figure out how to mesh the cultures, everything that looks good on paper could likely go up in smoke once the merger actually happens. Cultures are different, right? No two cultures are alike. Governing boards are different. They have long histories and and they're dedicated, loyal volunteers. You got to pay a lot of attention to getting that right if you want to fulfill the promise that many of these mergers put on the table, which is, you know, better patient care, more efficient patient care, a better patient experience, more cost-effective care. If you don't pay attention to the culture or the governance, you're going to have a long, tough road. Kathy, what would you say? I'm regulatory environment. I mean, that makes a great deal of sense. What would you add to what Tim had just shared about the, the parts of this work that can tend to go undersung? So first agree 100%, you know, regulators, governing boards. And even if you get, you know, which we have, you know, some nice involvement and agreement, you know, right up front, you know, on governance, we acknowledge that there's a lot of culture work that we're going to have to do with those boards. So I'll agree 100%. I think the other thing, especially what we're finding as we go through this is, is that and you, and you get to the point where you start talking about leadership teams and who's going to lead integration and those types of things is those are our sensitive conversations, you know, to have to make sure even if one of the organizations is smaller, that they're feeling valued, you know, as you go through that. So there's there's a lot of even once you get the stuff at the top done, you know, I mean, in terms of governance and regulators, then there is to get the promise done, there's the culture underneath, you know, kind of like Tim's saying, there's the culture of the board, then there's the cultures underneath. Um, and I think if you get a good integration partner, which I think that we've had, they'll, po- they'll poke you on that because they know that that's where some of the integration work can fail is because you do things a different way. Cultures are how you do your work, you know, and how you come to work every day. And if you make decisions a different way, if you, value one thing over another, you know, type of thing, it's going to get in the way of integration. So I think that as we step into that and start to plan that, um, that's a real key thing that we're paying attention to right now, because that can derail the real work that's actually going to make you successful in your merger at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And Kathy, part of this work too is, is risk assessment. And if we were to continue to be zoomed out on this topic at a high level, you know, you got the risks in the country of a lot of independent, rural, and even urban city uh, hospitals at risk of closure. At the other side of the spectrum is another risk. You know, when the Biden administration expanded FTC efforts to scrutinize mergers across healthcare, it reported <clears throat> at the time that the ten largest healthcare systems already make up about a quarter of the national market. Um, so, on the other end of the spectrum would be like hyper consolidation. Um, Do risks come to mind for you when you hear about the U.S. healthcare system being dominated by 25% of systems or that much consolidation occurring? Or do you see the greater risk lying with the risks of closures 
throughout the country. So my rebuttal to the top 10 largest health systems being at 25%, I'd like somebody to look and see what the insurance industry looks like at that. Hmm. So at, at the heart of this, you know, what those of us that sit, you know, where Tim has and where I am is health, the health systems, the hospitals are still incredibly fragmented across this, across the United States. There's much, much more consolidation okay. in the insurance companies. And the market cap that these very large tech companies, the Amazons, the Googles, the Microsofts bring to the table dwarf the largest healthcare system in the United States. So we are not consolidated as an industry, and I do not see risk um, at where we are today. Um, and I see, for all the reasons that Tim talked about, too, that mergers bring benefits to communities that are largely not talked about in a use you, you hit on it molly exactly they keep critical access hospitals from closing um, our partner theta care has several critical access hospitals because they made sure they went into those communities to make sure that they didn't close you know mergers keep inner city hospitals open i see that every day as we look at urban milwaukee where all the inner city hospitals are owned by large systems they wouldn't be there if they weren't you know, so I think that there are a lot of benefits to the consolidations and the mergers that are overlooked. We have to do them well. Our communities and our boards need to hold us accountable to making sure that at the end of the day, if we're making the promises about improved patient care, about efficiency, about value, about all those things, that we actually do it. And I think that that is where the rigor needs to come. I do not think there's any risk at where the health system concentration lies today. Not at all compared to the rest of the industry. Tim, what would you add? Yes, Kathy, spot on. Couldn't agree more, 100%. Just a couple other comments, Molly. Um, the American healthcare system industry is in crisis right now. Post-pandemic, it is still struggling to get its head back above water, number one. Number two, re remember, the laws of economics don't apply to healthcare. In every other industry, that the FTC regulates, competition drives down prices. Competition drives down prices. That's not true in healthcare. If you look over the last 50 years, competition drives up prices. If hospital A gets a 3T MRI, then hospital B, four blocks away, has to get a 3T MRI. And the costs go up and up and up. Something needs to fundamentally change, and I would argue that the lens that the FTC applies to the healthcare industry is not appropriate. Um, it, it applies the same laws and market share domination that it does to other industries. And it's a different industry. It's simply a different industry. I believe, you know, what Toby Cosgrove, when he was the CEO of the Cleveland Clinic, said about a decade ago, he was prescient. And he said, for this country to maintain its supremacy in healthcare, there probably ought to be six or seven regional healthcare systems throughout the country. I believe in that. Better care coordination. I'll, I'll go to New England, where I've spent most of my career. You know, you go north to Maine, south to, to Yale. You've got partners in Harvard in the middle. They all compete against each other. Wouldn't it be amazing if New England had one regional healthcare system where patients could move seamlessly from system to system? I, I think that would be a tremendous benefit, but if you apply the current standards that the FTC is using, that would never happen. 
Something needs to fundamentally change, and I would argue, as Kathy did, there needs to be more, not less, consolidation in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. And just to take that thought one step further, when you talked about the laws of economics don't apply to healthcare competition, instead of driving prices down, drives prices up, use the example, Tim, of a piece of equipment. Can you extend that analogy and that, that framework of thinking to staffing? Um, because that is something I think a lot of health systems, given the defined pool of professionals available um, in any one market, that seems to be the, a great and pressing issue right now, especially in for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, I lived in Rhode Island sandwiched between, you know, Boston and New Haven, which is a very, very competitive labor market. Look, we need to pay our workers a fair wage. There's no question. They work hard. They're dedicated people. They need to make a very fair and livable wage. But when health systems start competing uh, for talent and, quite frankly, poaching talent from one another, it just drives the prices through the roof. We learned that during the pandemic with traveling agencies and and, and outsourcing, um, it, again, you know, you don't have to believe me, but look at the last 50 years where it's been a competitive industry. Prices have gone up. They have not come down. Kathy, on that point, you know, when Tim talks about some of the business-minded but not great for the community motivations that organizations might come together can you, by contrast, share some of the drivers for this relationship with ThetaCare? And then, Tim, I'll, I would love to turn to you to hear about, you know, what would you say are some of the concerning reasons a merger might be pursued? Sure. But Kathy, let's start with ThetaCare. Sure. You know, I think first and foremost, and I agree 100% with everything Tim said, we are an industry in crisis. You know, we are barely able to get our heads above water, you know, in terms of an operating margin. That being said, both ThetaCare and Freighter do pretty well, relatively speaking, you know, in the current world. So we weren't looking to do this, you know, to improve the bottom line or merge the back office and and a lot of things that you hear from different mergers. What we really saw were two systems that were very, very aligned in values and also very, very aligned in capabilities. So two of the big places that we're really looking to be able to bring, yes, you know, larger populations, larger um, supporting capabilities is around population, health, and risk. What people, everybody wants us to move towards value, agree with that 100%. You cannot take financial risk on small populations. Actuaries will tell you that all the time. And so to be able to be in that game, you need to have bigger um, populations under risk. Both Care and Freighter have very long-standing investments that we have made in population health capabilities, we would love to be able to bring those together and bring that financial risk that we take together, because that's going to make us better in terms of being able to provide value to our communities. Um, Number two, we both believe and have a core fundamental belief that healthcare can't continue on the way it is today, and that we do need to fix ourselves to a great degree and transform. You know, how do we do work a different way? How do we adapt and adopt technology a different way? How do we take advantage of AI and digital tools? Well, guess what? You have to be big to be able to attract partners who are going to help you do that. Right now, both Care and Freighter probably punch above our weight right now because a lot of those companies are looking for health systems that they that can get stuff done, that can bring in their digital tools and actually implement it. And we're both pretty good at that stuff. But as they consolidate, meaning the digital startups and everybody starting to buy each other, and they are, 
They want to work with folks who are bigger and give them more breadth and depth, you know, as they enter into a market. We're not going to be attractive to those partners in the future unless we can be a bigger platform for them, you know, in the state of Wisconsin. And so that's another reason is take those capabilities that we have and then we can attract national partnerships that are going to help us transform. So that was really the reason that we were looking to come together. And then I'd say the last one, and Tim touched on this, we are adjacent, you know, regionally. We, you know, headquarters to headquarters were about 90 minutes apart. Our, our market share does not overlap. We've had to look at that. It doesn't overlap. But we can bring together, you know, what, but we are close enough, you know, where we can do everything from Theta Care's competencies in rural health care and critical access hospitals all the way up to the largest hospital in the state, our flagship freighter hospital, Academic Medical Center, and everything in between to create a seamless, frictionless system of care. So that aspiration that Tim talked about, you know, has to start like one-on-one, you know, just like he tried to do in Rhode Island, you know, it takes two to come together. And then how do you start to knit that system together? And we really see that that coming together, you know, a Theta Care and Freighter far enough apart, you know, that, you know, we're not quote unquote competing, you know, in the FTC's new, you know, definition, but it is the start, I think, of the best way to be successful in how health systems come together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, Kathy. And Tim, anything to foil Kathy's comments you would add, the other <laughs> way of looking at things? No, I, I wish we had two hours, not 30 minutes. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with what Kathy said. I mean, the truth be told, in, in, in a way, Molly, um, the anti-merger sentiment in healthcare, we kind of only have ourselves to blame. Because regrettably, if you look back over the last 20 or 30 years, in many cases, the promises of mergers uh, really weren't fulfilled, right? The the promise of the merger was right care, right place, um, better patient care. And in many cases, not all, many, that did not happen, right? Places just got bigger, but they didn't do better care coordination. They didn't get more efficient. The world has changed, and as Kathy suggested, we're now moving into an era of value-based care, population health, where, yes, it'll be important to get bigger, but unless you can execute on the strategy of better care coordination, then the merger will be a failed promise. And, and people like to point over the last 20, 30 years, there are many, many case examples of failed promises. I think the world is different now, and I think what Kathy's trying to do is spot on. I'm, I'm confident they will be successful in creating a better healthcare system, not only a bigger healthcare system. Well, as we wind down here, Tim, and I know we could go well into two hours <laughs> plus and then some. Um, Tim, Kathy, is there anything you weren't able to share that you'd like to leave listeners with? No, I think we've covered it. I mean, you're hearing two very seasoned and experienced, you know, healthcare leaders who have been at this for a really long time. Um, and so we've seen it, you know, come and go. So I agree 100% with what Tim said. We've seen mergers that don't work, you know, because of um, the promises that weren't kept and it, it just didn't execute the right way. The great thing for us being where we are today is we look at those and we will say, let's not do that. You know, so I, I hope that we can build um, on the lessons that learned that we've seen over the last decades of what we thought was successful and what we thought was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with Kathy. And again, uh, regrettably, our merger did not go through. Uh, it was blocked by the FTC. 
And I would just suggest that the, the rules and the metrics that the FTC uses when judging mergers in other industries simply don't apply in healthcare. And there almost needs to be a different set of metrics when the FTC opines on a healthcare system merger. Well, Kathy Jacobson, President and CEO of Freighter Health, Dr. Tim Babineau, Principal of ECG Management Consultants. I want to thank each of you for being our guest today. This is a really important topic. And fortunately, you, for our listeners, took a stance. You have a valuable point of view. So thanks for sharing your thoughts with us on this today. And Kathy, good luck as you finish the next and hopefully last steps of things. Great to thank be you, with Molly. you, Molly. Kathy, good to be with you. You too, Tim. Great to hear you. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.